Hey all, welcome to our podcast from OK to KO, following our journey from an OK life to a knockout life. Every Sunday after breakfast, we'll be sitting down and having a chat and publishing it as a podcast, and we hope you enjoy. Hey, Kira. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. You're just you're very happy because we just did something fun. We just did something fun. What did we do? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> uh, we were just looking at uh, somewhere to go for a weekend away. Mm. UK Airbnb trip. For my birthday. Yeah. Don't you think, actually, one of the things um, that has happened because of um, COVID is... I don't know, maybe this is the same everywhere else, but in the UK, definitely, people have, like, fallen back in love with the UK countryside a little bit more, I think. Yeah, absolutely, because, obviously, the restrictions means travelling yeah. isn't easy or possible in many instances. Yeah. And it's been really nice. We were just saying earlier how, yeah, you appreciate... You so, so often don't look at what's just in front of you. For sure. And the countryside where we're looking to go just looks stunning. Yeah. But I know a lot of people who have like, well, we went down to Cornwall for a, for a start. We would probably not have done that normally. I know a lot of people have gone up to the highlands of Scotland. We're going to Wales. Like, this, the UK is an amazing, beautiful place. It's just something is inbuilt in you as a, as a person from the UK where it's like, if you are on holiday, you must go to the hottest place ever. Yeah. Like you can't, <laughs> or the coldest place. Don't go to somewhere middling. You can't, you either go to like uh, Iceland to see, um, what are they called, the, the Northern, Northern Lights. Lights. Or you go to Southern Spain and you bake yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two options you have, really. Um, so I think, yeah, that's changed. But um, what are we talking about today? We're talking about conscious decision-making. Oh, okay. Yeah, can you give us a little intro about what it is? Conscious decision-making. Well, I think, like... Um, well, okay, take, take booking a holiday. That's a really good start, actually, because um, I don't think anyone's ever made an unconscious decision when they've booked a holiday. Right? It's so, it's, well, maybe they have, but generally speaking, when you book a holiday, you're very invested in the situation, in the actual selection of where you're going to go, the hotel you're going to stay at, or the Airbnb you're going to stay at, the flight you're going to get. You're very much like putting every single decision under a microscope, under a lens looking at it straight on and then making that decision. That's a conscious decision. Yeah. But yeah. there's levels of that as well. Okay. So you might do a package, in which case you're True. not choosing all of those elements. Yeah. And you might say, we always go here, so we're going to go here. Yeah, that's, yeah, I guess that's why I'm saying maybe it's not always conscious. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. Continue though. So, <laughs> so like an example of an unconscious decision is... Um, maybe you get home from work and you just slump down in front of the TV. You might reach into the, into the fridge. I can imagine someone reaching into the fridge without even looking and yanking out a beer and opening it without even being thinking about it and then sitting in front of the TV and just watching stuff. Mm. And then maybe an hour and a half goes past and it's like, yeah, um, unconscious, an hour and a half just watching TV with a beer. So um, that's just a complete generalisation. I don't know if that happens. I've definitely done that before in the past. And I think why it's, re- it's relevant for a few reasons. One is because it's kind of a, something that I'm coming to uh, 
like a lot more now that I have my own business and therefore can control everything about my schedule. Um, but also I think when you're working in a nine to five um, and you're working for someone else, you slip into this idea that you don't make many conscious decisions. This is kind of, this is kind of like um, what OK to KO is about as well. Like KO, the KO life is 100% a conscious visualization of what the, we want life to be. And therefore we have to make decisions purposefully to create that life, right? When I was working nine to five, first thing I, I would tell you is that I had already given up my time from nine to five or from Monday to Friday. So without making a conscious decision, I knew I had to be somewhere, so I would just be there. And I think what happened was when I came home, I was used to my time being dictated by someone else. And so I would just drift, you know, I would grab a beer out of the fridge. I would just watch TV or watch sport or something without consciously deciding to do that. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are making unconscious decision after unconscious decision and basically just drifting through life. Um, and therefore, you know, not creating a life they really want to have, a purposeful vision for the life they really want to have. And by the way, this isn't just um, people that work nine to five. I know a lot of business owners and also, you know, people I have worked with as clients who, until we started working together, were drifting as well. Yeah, the, the business was fairly profitable, but did, were they doing the work they really wanted to do? And were they working with the clients they really wanted to work with? Not at all. They were just doing it because that's how things were working and there was no conscious decision making in it. So I guess in a roundabout way, my intro is like, when you, it's, a, it's a really healthy thing and something we should practice more and more often. You know, when we decide to do something, make sure you're fully present in that decision and make sure you're conscious of the decision you're making. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's really nice. I think it's, it um, makes me think of kind of curating Nice, life yeah, yeah, yeah. And the person you want to be, which is, yeah, I, th I think it leaves you feeling quite empowered, actually. 100%. Um, yeah, like things, you're not just taking a passive role, it's very much an active role. So going back to your example about hotel, hotels, holidays. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can still go through that the motions of, also money can come into it. So let, let's just look for our budget, what fits That's into true. there and things Th like this that. This place will do. That's in our budget. It's near a beach. Yeah. yeah. And I think it changes. Like we ask ourselves now, we, if we find places that look, not obviously there's so much competition out there and there's mm. all these different places to look, uh, you know, hotels or Airbnbs or B&Bs. Yeah. And then we end up getting to a point where we now ask ourselves, but okay, but what's the type of experience we want to have? Yeah, so it's yeah, not yeah. just about going on holiday and booking somewhere nice, because there's lots of nice places. Do we want to come away feeling like this? Do we want to feel like this? Yeah. So we put a lot more conscious <clears throat> attention into what we want that experience to be like. And that helps us to choose a place that ultimately facilitates Definitely. that experience. Definitely. I think, I think as with all these things, it kind of operates on the, on the two different levels, so like the macro and the micro level. And I think unless you are conscious on both levels, it doesn't work. So let me give you an example. If, if you don't have a macro level conscious decision of this is where I want my life to go, this is the, my vision for my life, mm -hmm. 
what's the point of having of making lots of micro conscious decisions because where are you leading it to okay whereas if you and and equally if you do have that mi- that macro conscious decision level um <laughs> if you do have that but you're not bringing the conscious decision making to the micro level you're not probably not going to hit that macro yeah, I vision think that's right true. so they work in tandem and I think, unfortunately, this is the, the scourge. I'm obviously, I'm about six months out now from having a, a nine, nine to five job. Of six, six months free, right? So all of these lessons of how much well, better... Who are, can't see, which is everyone but me, who did the inverted, inverted commas. <laughs> Why did you do inverted commas there? Uh, because obviously everyone's free, right? Okay. Uh, we, we like to think. Anyway, free from nine to five work. Okay. So obviously I'm now analysing my life and thinking, oh my God, it's so much better now, <laughs> right? And the problem is, if you have a nine to five job and you're slowly climbing a ladder, and let's be honest, it's slow, right? It's slow. Mm-hmm. Compared to entrepreneurship, it's slow. It's safe, but it's slow. It's very hard to say, I want, this is my vision for my life, because one, it's slow progress. So any vision seems miles out of the way. But two, you're not in control of it. It's on your boss or your company director, mm. whether they want you mm. to get a pay rise, they want you to take on more responsibility, they want you to be a leader in the company, mm. right? So when you are at, um, and I'm sure I'm not alone to have been promised something by someone, to your face, <laughs> saying this is going to happen, and then it just doesn't, <laughs> right? Um, it happens all over the place. Mm. So when that happens, you start to think, what's the point in me building this amazing conscious vision of my life if I can't even control if I'm getting a 2% pay rise at the end of the year? Mm. Like, it just doesn't compute, right? Mm. So I think consciously deciding what you want your life to be and then taking that conscious decision-making into your day-to-day, the micro level, and making sure you're constantly moving in that direction. Yeah, and I think another way to look at it is something that we were, we were talking about this last night, actually, and something that you said about, to go back to your other um, example of grabbing a beer and watching oh, yeah. TV, is that it doesn't mean to say that you can't have downtime yeah, like good point. that. Good point. But instead of just kind of going into it unaware, say, oh yeah, I'm going to have two hours where I just chill. Yeah. And I do what I want. And um, then you don't feel bad because it was yeah. a decision. You're like, yeah, I'm chilling, but intentionally so it's fine yeah how much better is that like oh this is amazing i've got these two hours i've 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 I've, uh put blocked them out my schedule i'm gonna grab a bit of popcorn i'm gonna put on this movie i'm just gonna chill and then at the end of it you're like that was amazing Mm -hmm. whereas if you just sort of slide into it you're surfing netflix going do i even want to watch netflix should i look on bbc iplayer should i look on amazon what am i doing should i be doing this 45 minutes later you haven't, you haven't, started, you haven't watching. started watching. That and then, to me a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you end up just surfing on your phone for like an hour. And it's like, after that, do you feel refreshed? Not at all. No. Not at all. Because you've just been drifting, looking for co- like some purpose. Looking for purpose, yeah. So you're right. I don't think... I mean, like, in fact, I think downtime is essential. Fully. I think actually after we did our podcast a couple of weeks ago on work-life balance, mm. we both have really given ourselves more downtime and time Definitely. to switch off so i think we we it's made a difference of allowing ourselves time to for sure chill and, and we do it in different ways i do like watching things yeah and um 
yeah, don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> no, exactly. But as long as it's like a fairly conscious thing, I don't know if it's like possible to make every decision you make consciousness. Mm. Oh, but this is what I wanted to ask you though, because this is what the only niggling worry I had when I was considering this topic is like, does it, is, is this idea of bringing conscious decision making to everything, does it kill like spontaneity? And does it mm. kill like, you know, off the cuff decisions? Mm-hmm. I don't think it does. And I think it's because conscious decision making isn't necessarily planning. It's just asking yourself, what do I actually want? So you can make a conscious decision in a moment. And I think it actually helps with spontaneity because you are more like, if someone offers you, says, hey, do you want to do this or this? Or we can do this. And you think about it, you might consciously make the decision, yes. And once you've made it, you've made it and you go. Mm. Whereas if you don't, you might be like, should I? Maybe I should. No, maybe I shouldn't. What do I do? And then you have that real procrastination and then, oh, the time's gone. And you're like, oh, that was fun while I was thinking about it. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So conscious decision making, I think, is also about coming to a decision quickly. I okay. think that is an element of it. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, you can think, ruminate over things, but once you've made, the, maybe it's not quickly, but making a clear decision and sticking with yourself. And the reason why I think consciously bringing your attention helps to that is because the decision you make is probably going to be much more aligned with actually what you want to do rather yeah. than just like an off the cuff, not thinking about it. I don't think it necessarily has to be planned or take a long amount of time though. Yeah. So like if, if for example, you were, say it's a Sunday like today and um, you had sort of like a vague plan for the, for the afternoon, you were just going to chill for a little bit. Yeah. You decided that. And then one of your friends calls you and they said, we're going to the pub. Do you want to come? Mm -hmm. Is it possible Mm -hmm. to make a conscious decision? Yes, Mm -hmm. I want to come. And that still be a conscious decision? Or is that you sort of just going with the flow? Uh, This kind of harks back to what we were talking about the other week about gut feeling. Right. Because I think the more conscious decision making you make, the more aligned you will become with how you actually feel. So if your friend calls you up and says, do you want to go to the pub? And you're like... I've just been so looking forward to this day. Oh, okay, yeah. Then you're like, have an amazing time, I'm going to chill. Okay, got it. Whereas if they call you up and you're you're like chilled in the morning, you're settled, feeling quite refreshed and you're like, you know what, boom, I'm ready to go. I'm feeling really energised. So yeah, and they're both conscious decisions. Or like, like you might be like, if if you bring the consciousness to it, you're like, "Mm, I do want to go to the pub, but I do want to sort of watch this or I do want to get this bit of thing done. Cool, I'll come and join you for a pint mm. and then I'll leave. Mm-hmm. That's a conscious thing. Yeah. If then you get there and you like start having a great time and you stay for like a few hours, maybe that's not a conscious decision. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I see, I see what you're saying. So you, like, it's how you feel about that reaction or that decision. Yeah. Yeah. So like when if we come back to when we think about when we go away, what type of experience we're going to have. Yeah. You're asking, you probably start to get more aligned with like, figuring out what it is you enjoy, what values, not values is not the right word, but what are the key things that give you a good feeling? And then you can probably make better decisions of like the best use of your time or what's going to make you feel best in that moment. You're just a bit yeah. more aligned, I think. So what, so like, how do you make a conscious decision? If someone's listening to this going, what are you talking about? Like seriously, <laughs> stop saying conscious decision <laughs> yeah. and start <gasps> saying what it is. Because... I'm not talking... Mm. I'll tell you what I'm not saying. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying every time you do something, you get out your little list of pros and cons. Yeah. And I don't... It's not that at all. So... But I'm not sure I can articulate quite what I mean it is. I think what it is, (laughs) is 
not coasting through everything. Yeah. And having some intention behind intention. some of your decisions. And presence when you're making the decision. Yeah, like your, your yeah, engagement. With the decision. Yeah. <laughs> Still sounds fluffy. It sounds fluffy. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but you know that feeling of like, when you're just coasting through and like, I definitely was like this because I think I've always seen myself as like kind of go with the flow, kind of chilled, like, which also meant that I was never really a decision maker. Um, okay. And whatever came up or whatever went, I was like, yeah, okay, yes, I'm doing that. <laughs> like, I never... See, I, I'm, all, I'm nervous about, about talking about this because I, first of all, I'm terrified about coming across as one of the most boring people in the world. <laughs> Um, that's definitely one of Which my. Which he is. <laughs> that's definitely one of my uh, my key um, mm. fears. Um, but also, like, I, I'm very aware of like how biased I am towards organisation. So, to give you a little insight, like, it's a Sunday. I basically have my day mapped out, right? I kind of know hour by hour what I'm going to be doing today, <laughs> because I and I haven't gone as far. I never put it in my schedule for like a weekend. Sometimes, I do sometimes. Sometimes on a Saturday I would. I try not to on a Sunday, but I still have it mapped mm -hmm. out, right? So I'm a bit, a bit caught conscious now and a bit um, scared that I might be saying, we all must make very conscious decisions about what we do. And then basically what I'm saying is just be really boring and map out all your days on a schedule like I do. I think do. there's a difference though. Yeah? I, uh, I don't think conscious decision making is to do with planning. Okay. You, it's just about being conscious in the moment. Oh, I sounded quite aggressive when I said that. Mm. <laughs> um, no, because I think I know what you mean, but I don't. I can't quite grasp it. So it's about making sure your presence when you're making. Yeah. So if your friends say, "Do you want to do this or that?" and rather than being like, "Yeah, whatever," like whatever you want, like let's just, which you know, oh, I don't know. You decide. Oh, I hate that. Of just actually listening to yourself and going, mm, "No, I fancy doing this." Mm. I I do. I and like. Allowing yourself to have an opinion, like a feeling and a decision. So when we're, I keep coming back to this because we've just done it. But when you're thinking about what kind of trip you want away, mm. like just being like, like for me, I really like being around nature and oh, I want a more kind of wholesome feel or I want, okay, which place said so that. So once you have, even though somewhere mm. else might be beautiful and stunning and like have incredible interior or something, but you're like, that's not what feeling that's not the it's true and you know actually i think when because what because i think the fear behind doing that is that you restrict people's options so if you take your conscious decision making to a group uh or a pair yeah you you kind of go oh whatever um whatever you want you kind of do that because you don't want to restrict that person's ability yeah. to create a good experience but what we found is that because we kind of often want different things yeah i like beach you like nature they're both nature. They're both nature, no, but you know what I mean. Um, I, like, I like being around trees. Trees and countryside and jungle and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So on the surface, if one of us would have to compromise, but when we have actually said, no, this is what we both want, let's find that, and we have found it, the place is magical. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes if you bring two conscious minds together, or maybe a number of conscious minds together, it creates the creative boundaries mm -hmm. for you to raise your standards. Absolutely, I love that. I think it's the same with any type of work. I think if yeah. you're creating something, let's say a piece of theatre or you're in a world, if, if you're not making any decisions, it become, can become a bit vague and a bit wishy-washy. But once you put some stakes in the ground, 
some posts, then everyone everyone can kind of join in and make it richer and more detailed. Yeah. And like, ah, oh, that's what it is. And you can get more excited about it. So maybe I maybe another way of saying conscious decision-making, and this may confuse it or it may make it simpler, maybe it's active thinking as opposed to like passive thinking. Yeah. So passive thinking is like the thought pattern is, yeah, whatever the group wants. Go make it as easy as possible. Go with the flow. Whereas active thinking says, okay, I like the way the group is thinking, but I'm just going to put in my two cents because this is what I want as well. Yeah, yeah. and it doesn't have to go that way. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just going to... So accept that in myself. Yeah. And then also put it into the group. I think we're so scared, like you said, of stepping on people's toes. And Is that limiting... a British thing though? I don't know if it's a British thing or a people thing. I don't know. Um, I wonder. But not limiting someone else's experience and therefore, or oh, whatever you want. But it's okay to say what you want. It does, you're not saying, we must do this. You're not being a, like throwing your toys out of the pram. It's just, it's okay to have a, a, a view. Yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah. And and actually, by having your own view, you might be facilitating someone else to put their own view there forward as well. Because often what happens is, oh, no, you choose. Oh, no, no, you choose. And then no one chooses because whereas you know, if one person says something, then the other person's also likely to say what mm. they like as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Unless they go, oh, yeah, but not that. <laughs> yeah. People are good at that. <laughs> yeah. People are good at People saying what they don't with, want. People do that with, like, food, right? When you're like, oh, what kind of, like, cultural cuisine do you want? Not that anyone uses that line. But... <laughs> Who uses that? <laughs> Who's ever said that? <laughs> but that's the way we talk about food, right? We, we always, we, when we say what kind of food we talk about, what we want, we always talk about a country. Oh, I want Italian. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, I want yeah. Indian. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, I'm sure everyone's been part to one of these conversations at some point. But it's like, oh, so where should we go? Oh, I don't know. You choose. And the person says, and the other person's like, mm, I'm not really feeling that. So person A says something else. And they're like, mm, person B's like, not that either. Mm. And then it just goes on. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you make a conscious decision. Yeah, someone, no, but this is interesting. People are much better mm. at saying what they don't want than what they do want. But maybe that's the place to start. Okay, eliminate the things that you don't want. Because sometimes it's hard to know what you want. Yeah, exactly. We, this, was, this was like, um, once I learned this about human psychology, it helped my job a hell of a lot better. Because I would have to give... I, clients would tell me what they wanted, mm. design-wise or whatever, and we would have to come up with something and give it back to them. And of course, when, they, when you first say this, like, what, you know, give me some inspiration, what are you looking for? Oh, yeah. They would never be able to know. Yeah. So what we got good at was basically sketching out stuff or mocking up stuff really fast in meetings and putting it in front of them. And they say, oh, no, I hate that. Yeah. But that would spark yeah. where we go next and it would save us weeks of time down the line. Yeah. You're also basically lifting the veil. And if someone says, oh, I'm, I'm cool, whatever. And then you put up an option yeah. that they don't like. They can't say I'm cool, whatever anymore because you've just like completely dashed that argument 100%. which means that they have to actively participate mm. what is it you do want so it's, it's really useful can yeah, be really yeah, helpful definitely um but why is that why are we better at telling people what we don't want than what we do want because i think like you said when you make a conscious if you're all making conscious decisions and yes maybe this phrase that we're using is really annoying so sorry about that <laughs> um then 
you start to find the creative boundaries, like you said, right? So I think when you make something tangible, you're putting parameters out there. And when people have parameters, mm. there's something they can pull away from. Whereas if you don't put anything out there, it's, it's really like a, it's hard. Like a completely white, boundless room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to see things or... Yeah, you don't know where you are compared to anything else. There's no like... No, 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 nothing relative. No relative. Yeah, there's no orientation or anything. Yeah. Whereas you start putting walls in, you're like, okay, I don't like that wall, but I do like this wall. So yeah. you can move towards that direction. Yeah. Mm. So you said it's made about being active. Um, I agree. I think, I don't know if uh, the term we're using best uh, sums it up. I, I definitely get what it means, what, what we're talking about. But I feel the words that resonate with this whole kind of mm. thing is consciousness. Yeah. Active yeah. and awareness and engagement. Presence as well. Presence. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you can you can explain it using any of those terms. I want to be present when I make this decision. I want to actively engage in this decision. Yeah. Uh, I've forgotten the other things. <laughs> I, um, oh, I'm making myself fully aware of the decision I'm making. Yeah. Um, yeah, very conscious decision. Yeah, I like that. It sort of gives the vibe. Yeah. It's basically like... Um, taking yourself off autopilot. Yes, exactly. Really. And you know, maybe there's... Actually, I don't think there's anything good to be gained from autopilot, frankly. Um, but how much of our life do we live on an autopilot? Like, how many of those decisions do you think we are making without even knowing? Absolutely. We spend a lot of time on autopilot and... Like, for example, we have coffee with this, right? Yeah. You always have a mocha. I always have coffee. Yeah. Um, what if... Actually, today we didn't want coffee, but it's just this is what we do. Like, how much of those decisions? I really want coffee, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how many? How many of those decisions do you think we just do because that's how we normally do it? This is why I think it actually does go hand in hand with spontaneity, <clears throat> not take away from it, ah. because autopilot is just doing the same thing that's all the a time. Great point. Whereas spontaneity is like, I don't feel like coffee today. Good point. I consciously have decided, screw coffee today. I want apple juice. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> So I think it helps the spontaneity because it helps you to be sure of the decision you're making. Whereas I think the thing that gets in the way of spontaneity is actually a lack of decision making. See, I knew you'd work that one out. <laughs> I knew I wouldn't be able to because when you're, sometimes when you're so scared of coming across as something, you convince yourself that you are that thing and you can't do anything else, right? It's weird. Um, okay, that's nice. That makes me feel a lot better. That's what this podcast is all about. Making myself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think... I'm coming back to the autopilot thing. We go on autopilot um, because... Often because we feel tired. Yeah. Or you want to switch off. Right? Sometimes that's all you want, right? You want to mm. just put on something mm. which is super easy to watch. It's not really helping your growth in any way, but you just want to... Uh, I think that's so important. It's, if anyone came away from this thinking, oh, I must make every decision consciously, and then therefore conflated that with every decision must be a productive thing, therefore I must be doing really important things all the time. That's not what we're saying at all, right? Yes, but I was actually going to say something different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say that sometimes if we do that too much, though, we actually end up feeling more tired. You, yeah. you kind of perpetuate that tired feeling. Whereas putting con like con attention, con blah, 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 conscious attention onto something 
and like really having to think about it may feel like, oh, okay, I'm really tired, I don't wanna do this. But once you engage, really engage, within a couple of minutes, you're so much more energized. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like the default reaction when you're feeling a bit low energy is, well, what I do now is I put on Netflix because that's what everyone does. There's even like Netflix and chill is basically like a universal term now. Yeah. Um, but I bet you a brisk walk around the park or outside or something would probably energize you more. Mm. And maybe you do that, then you come back and you watch an episode or something. Mm. But like, don't just fall into the, the standard procedure of Netflix and chill, yeah. basically. Although sometimes, just, just to you know, put something in there, sometimes I do like doing that. I think sometimes you are just <laughs> shattered, right? You know, it's not like, you, you kind of, are you just watching something because you're being feeling a bit lazy? Or are you genuinely like, I'm just shattered right now. I think the point, the, the thing is we could, we could run ourselves around the circles deciding what's best to do when you feel tired. The truth is, it's different for different people at different times. The truth is just make a conscious decision. What we're saying is, yeah, make sure... Make <laughs> you sure want to watch Netflix and chill, make sure that's what you want to do. <laughs> so, so my question then is, imagine, I th hopefully we've managed to sort of broadly outline what conscious decision making is. How do you do it? I think it is as simple as bringing your awareness into the moment. Okay. What you think is simple and is difficult. But yeah, here's the problem. When you're making unconscious decisions, you don't know you're doing it because it's unconscious. You do though, don't you? Yeah, maybe. You do know when you're so kind of the, like glazed over. What are the signs then that you're making a string of unconscious decisions? I think, I think a bit of pent up frustration you don't ever feel that satisfied. I think, yeah, you're always kind of projecting onto the next moment. Okay, yeah. Like, oh, when I get to there, that would be great. When I get to that, I like the times that I feel most restless is when I do put on Netflix and I start watching something and I'm still like, mm, no, this isn't it. Yeah, And you that. can't just sit and enjoy it because you're constantly kind of projecting to the next moment or what that's going to be like. Yeah. Um, so something that I think is quite a simple exercise Mm -hmm. that's quite nice to do if you're feeling like a lack of clarity or a bit foggy is to sit still and to really look at the details of the objects around you and really so I can see our kitchen right now so instead of just like having an overview and looking at the whole kitchen I'll like zoom in to some of the tiles mm -hmm. and then zoom in to the sponges and like just look for the real details and things yeah um, and you start to see things in a new way. Start to see that we need a deep clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, okay, or I like if it. you're outside and is you that, can is see... That not a is that not like a fancy way of saying meditate? I don't know, is it? I don't know, it feels like a meditative exercise. Yeah, like... but meditation is all about bringing your awareness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just am conscious that like... Um, I'm conscious that I don't... I think if people who find this hard here the solution is oh must meditate more but i didn't say that yeah i know i'm you're I'm, saying that i am yeah being like playing devil's advocate I but I, it's a different thing sitting and with your eyes closed and meditating is different from having a tangible mm. uh, clear instruction yeah. of look at the objects around you and find the detail in them and that's why i think it's a simpler thing to do yeah i saw a really great exercise that, uh, on someone's youtube channel and she said to, it's just to engage with all of your senses. So what can I see? 
and like note three things that you can see. Oh yeah, like what that, can yeah. I? See? Or maybe it's one thing. I can't. And it's I five, four, three, two, one. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember the order of the senses, um, but it's yeah. What can you five see? Five things you can see. Four things you can hear. Three, three things. things you can smell. Two things you can taste. One thing you can feel. Yeah, Something maybe. Like that. Yeah, but it brings you into the present moment. Yeah, I like essentially. It. I think a good way to come to the present is to connect with your senses because we're so often in our minds, which is often autopilot is because our minds are preoccupied with something that isn't anything to do with what's happening in the here and now no. or this decision that's being made. Um, and so when you come back to your senses, your senses only really experience in the here and now. You can yeah, kind of recall yeah. things. So it's a really good way to bring you into the present moment. I, I think another element of this is... Um... I don't know, it's kind of like a chicken and egg situation. I think the more you, the conscious decisions you make, the better you come, the better self-awareness you have, right? But if you don't have good self-awareness, it's very hard to make good conscious decisions because big part of making conscious decisions in the moment is like, what is going to serve me best? Mm -hmm. What am I going to enjoy the most right now? Um, what's going to make me feel the best at the end of this day? And if you don't know yourself that well, then you can't really make those good quality decisions. Unless you come up with a clear macro plan. That's, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, I want to get fit by this time. Then it's kind of clear. I probably should eat a bit healthier. Yeah. So then it's easier to make the small decisions. Like you were saying, it's hard to do those if you don't know what the longer term thing is. I think is. that's essential, yeah. But what's your ma so maybe that's where you start. Like, what's your macro I vision? guess that's why vision boards are helpful, right? Because you're like seeing... What do I want? I'm mm. not anywhere near that right now. But what do I want? And then you can start aligning your smaller decisions <clears throat> to fit with that. 100%. As with all these things, vision boards, obviously, in some circles, have a very bad reputation because people confuse the idea and the usefulness of a vision board with, oh, I do a vision board and then carry on doing exactly the same as I was doing before I did the vision board and it will just happen. Obviously, that's not true. So I think, I think you're right. The vision board is like a great... Um, visual representation of that macro decision, that conscious macro decision, right? In fact, the process of making a vision board is extremely conscious decisions. There we go. That's yeah. probably also another reason why it's very useful, even yeah. if you didn't do anything after, even if you didn't immediately change your small actions, you've gone through a whole process I think of yeah. conscious decision making. And it's there somewhere. And it might not be after doing that vision board, but it might be a, a while later, you've still got that. And it's, yeah, it's a constant reminder of what your conscious decision was. Yeah. Mm. So maybe the place to start is that big macro vision. So what do you want your life to be? What are you aiming for? And maybe it's not like, what do you want your life to be? Maybe like you say, what's a big goal you want to do? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to like have amazing six pack abs? Well, one day maybe. Um, That's why do you want I to be a good chef? Like, yeah. What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? Yeah. You know, like, that's why for me at the moment, I've still been getting up early. Oh, yeah. And but this is like my optimum time period for trying something True. new. But it's because that is the kind of person, that's like my vision of the kind of person I want to yeah. be as someone who's disciplined enough to do that and have a routine in the morning. And so mm. that decision in, in the morning... I think it's making it slightly easier at the moment because I'm like, no, this is what I want. Because without that decision you've made, that's what I want, why on earth would you ever get up in the morning yeah. at five o'clock? just would be ludicrous. Mm. 
it's, it's basically torturous if you don't have the big payoff, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the place to start. I want to talk about something else to do with this, mm. which is, I think, a big thing for me, is about learning and skills and the development of learning. The amount you learn, oh, I'm not writing this very well, but based on how much conscious awareness you bring mm. to doing that activity. Yeah. So I learned instruments when I was a kid and a teenager and I think I was even aware at the time like I was progressing grades wise but I was never very good and um, I'd practice but it was very much in an autopilot type of way like this Mm. is just something that I do check it off and I never really brought my conscious awareness so one of the instruments I learned was violin like okay how can I really think about how to stretch my fingers in a way to reach these notes in a much more efficient way. How can I make that note sound better? Why is it not sounding good? I never brought that kind of awareness to it. Mm. It was just more like, okay, here's a piece, got to learn that, get through it in any way. Mm. And so my learning was so much slower and it kind of gave me the belief that like, wow, I can really work at things for a long time and not really get very good at them. And Mm. which is you know not a great feeling of course (laughs) um but I think a massive component that was missing was bringing my consciousness to the activity my full awareness to that activity only yeah while I was doing it not be thinking about something else and while I'm playing it not be getting frustrated but that inquisitive conscious awareness and then your learning grows so so much faster it's kind of like uh you're zoomed in you know and you're talking about looking at the tiles like zooming in on something looking at all the detail yes it's like that in the music right it's like okay if you're not conscious and you're saying i need to get through it the most detail you're going in is this is a piece of music Mm -hmm. you might be like this is a piece of music which i'm playing with a violin and the composer is beethoven maybe i don't know if you did any beethoven um but when you go into the detail of it, and I'm not a musician, so I can't really speak about it, but you're like, oh my God, that note structure was just incredible. And like, you know, that transition with my fingers here is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to really get into it, I imagine, mm-hmm. right? So it's like the level of detail within which you are considering something should indicate how much consciousness you have on it. Or Absolutely, how much attention. and you start problem solving a lot more. Okay. So if um, a certain note is hard to reach on the violin, you probably think about, okay, well, how do I exercise my fingers in a way that's stretched there, build up the muscles in this area? Whereas I was just like, oh, I'm just trying to get there, you know, not not actually looking, breaking it down. Okay, well, that's tough for me. Mm. How do I make it easier? How do I go around that? So, yeah, I just, I think it's an important thing to mention because I don't think it's mentioned that much and in terms of learning in terms of it being like a really important aspect Mm. of learning and then it can mean you you can go through a really long period of time with that feel like i'm just not progressing why am i not progressing i've put in the hours i've done this everyone says if you that thing if you work so many hours at something you're an expert are you going to be an expert at that thing if you do so many hours but they're all on autopilot of course not so you have to bring your conscious awareness to what you're doing and that's when you make strides and grow and i think it's it's a great point because 
I like your idea with the like the transitions, because like a lot of people will try something on autopilot, will find it difficult on autopilot, and will say, "I'm not good at that." Mm. Whereas if you go into something and say, "Hmm, I found that difficult. What was it I found most difficult?" Consciously, and you find, "Oh, it was just the way I'm holding the hand. Maybe if I change that, and then all of a sudden, playing the violin goes from unpleasant and difficult to." really joyous mm -hmm. and fun, mm -hmm. right? But you have to analyze it critically mm -hmm. and be conscious about it to be able to make that improvement. Mm -hmm. So it's literally all about, I think, I'm not sure we said this before, but bringing a level of critical analysis or critical thinking into the decision process is, is basically another part of this as well, yeah. isn't it? Like you can't, and again, I, I'm, I'm very wary to say that because it sounds like I'm saying pros and cons. It's not, it's not really like that. It's like sort of looking at something, saying, why didn't I enjoy that? Or why am I not looking forward to this activity? What is it about that? And then, you know. You can't find solutions if you don't know what the, if you don't face the problem. Yeah, exactly. If you ignore it, the problem just stays there. So, so um, have you learned anything in this podcast episode? <laughs> <laughs> Know. Have you been conscious enough to learn anything? No, I, I mean, I mean, like, because what I only asked this because what I found in recent weeks is we've gone into it with um, a, a topic, and I actually come out of these thinking I like I understand the topic better. So I'm just wondering if it's the same for you. I don't know. I tell you what. I tell you what. For me, you've completely um, blown out the water. This idea of uh, that I had that I was forming which conscious decision-making made you a boring, structured, scheduly person. And I love the way you linked um, spontaneity to it. I think that's really cool. I think bringing your conscious awareness to things is about actually being much more engaged and dynamic in your life. I don't mm, think it's dynamic. about being static mm. or boring yeah, it's active, or still. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's the opposite. It's really about really living, really mm. cultivating, curating the life you want, what type of person do you want to be? What do you want your life to be like? Following your impulses, yeah. not doubting yourself as much, being inquisitive when you learn. Like it's all really exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it can be hard. The hardest thing I think is when you're not feeling like you've got any clarity, you've got brain fog, which I definitely feel like has uh, is not as bad for me as it used to be mm. before. So I, I should probably ask myself what's changed. But I used to definitely... I tell you what's changed. Yeah. The macro decision, the vision, mm. the direction. Yeah, I think you're right. I really think that's the most important thing. Being purposeful. Like, if we're going to encourage people to be conscious, they have to start. It has to begin in the, the most zoomed out level possible. Zoom out to your entire life, the entire lifespan. What is your... Where do you want to be? Like, and I'm not saying like... Where do you want to be in terms of what house do you want to have and where do you want to live in the world? It's like, what lifestyle do you want to have? No, but it can be that. It can be. It can be that. If you would say, I really want to live in this country, true. Like, how amazing would that be? True. Don't, I, th I think, I guess what you're trying to say is it's not just about material things. Also, I want to be, <laughs> based on what we talked about, I don't know if it was last week or the week after, I don't want people to be able to have to look inside themselves and just decide this is the life I want. That might not be easy, right? Because uh, we talked about like, what's your passion and all this stuff and authenticity and just knowing what you want. Right. So I, I'm very conscious that that's not easy for everyone. But like, if that's not the case- But ask yourself the questions. 
ask yourself the questions and yeah it's a good it's a good start definitely. because you're I think you're absolutely right I think you've hit the nail on the head I've got much much clearer vision of what I want to do and I, I I've been lacking that had been lacking that before yeah um but that does, isn't to say that just came overnight like it took a while mm. and it's and as you're kind of then take some steps towards maybe the first iteration, then it kind of becomes clearer and it becomes clearer. So, but that whole process wouldn't have been possible at all if the questions weren't asked in the first place. Mm. What kind of life do I want to have? What do I want to be doing? What do I want, what do I want to do in the world? What kind of impact? What value system do I want to live by? How important are certain things to me? To me, like, it's really important to ask yourself that because... I don't know, we kind of think about what jobs we want, but not about like value systems as much. Mm. Like, is it really important to you to to be working in a environmentally conscious company? Mm. And if there is, don't try and hide that just to fit into what's available. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. allow that part of yourself to come out because you'll probably start making decisions that make that more possible for you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think with the introspection part it's i don't i always caveat that with like you've got to be constant loops of asking yourself those questions getting out there and trying stuff then asking yourself those questions again and getting out and trying stuff like i don't think too much question asking and and like soul searching on its own is good yeah it's got to be in partnership with lots of action and yeah. lots of like action taking yeah um but yeah i think absolutely this whole conscious vibe comes from what's your main aim and maybe a good question, I think a good question to always ask is why? So if it is something like, I want this car or I want to live in this house or I want to live in this place, which you're fine, but ask why? Yeah, it's like, well, so I want, to be a, I want to grow up and be a professional footballer. Okay, why do you want to be a professional footballer? Because I want to drive a Ferrari. Okay, well, my friend... Well, why um, do you want to drive a Ferrari? Yeah, maybe that's kind of the question, yeah. But like, if that's the case, there's probably lots easier ways for you to get to the stage where you're going to drive a Ferrari than there is for you to try and gamble to be a professional footballer, right? Potentially. Asking why and keep digging in with that is a good way to find out what it is you really want. Yeah. What your conscious decisions are, what your feelings towards things are. I like it. I've learned a lot. I think... Um, it's not something, I don't think it's one of those things which you can just start doing straight away, right? It takes a lot of practice. Yeah, I think it's so relevant to acting. Yeah? Yeah, because I think the best actors are the ones who are able to be fully present and engaged with the moment and you're constantly exercising that. Or, you know, so it's easy to be on autopilot in life, but in acting when you've got a script in front of you, Mm. can constantly be on autopilot so you're kind of having to really exercise being present and aware of that instant well how, how many people do you think that are on autopilot think that the script is written for them already in real life like the script is i go to school if i do well i might go to uni if not i get a job i get married i have kids the script is there right the macro script but actually it's not you write the script yourself you have to be consciously writing it, otherwise it will just happen, and it probably will happen the way that it happens in the rest of society. What do you mean? So if you're writing a script, that it's easy to kind of put it into the autopilot life? No, as in, like, people assume that the script is written for them already. 
like they know what they're supposed to do they're supposed oh, to go get a job right, they're you. supposed to get have a family they're supposed to live in move out to the suburbs at some point like that is the script like right? the metaphorical script Yes, I'm talking in metaphors now. I didn't get that. I took, I took, your, I took your acting thing and I turned it into a metaphor for I real life. I thought you were being literal. We and just... I was like, who is writing the script? <laughs> That's how these things work. You know, we vibe off each other. Well, look, I you might gave not be the token. only one who didn't know, so I'm just clarifying. <laughs> you gave me a token of the acting thing. I tried to bring it back into the real world, but use a little element of the acting thing. But I could see his no. eyes like, why are you talking about acting right now? <laughs> Um, but yeah, the script, you write your own script. Um, this is a metaphor again. Um, you write your own script and you, the way you do that is by deciding what you want from life, I guess. Yeah. And I think it leads to a happier state of mind because when you think of that, oh, I have this script that's already predetermined for me and it's following a pattern that everyone else is following and there's not any kind of conscious thought to it or individuality within it. I think that can feel quite suffocating mm -hmm. at times. Um, so but starting to make decisions, even really small ones, uh, about what you want. Even if it's like, you know, going to the supermarket and you're going to buy a piece of fruit and you're like, oh, I, I don't know. But then listening to yourself and you're like, no, I fancy that one. Yeah, exactly. Or I fancy something completely different. Just a small decision like that. Problem with that, though, is I always fancy the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so... You've got to have... But then if you've made the conscious decision, you want to be in shape and blah, 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 then... Yeah, fine. Or yeah. sometimes you're like, no, I want to just feel good and eat that chocolate. Maybe, yeah. Sometimes. I always want that. You always want that. Um, but yeah, as a way of wrapping up, do you have any final thoughts on the topic of conscious decision making? I think it uh, ultimately leads to a more fulfilled life, yeah. a happier life, a more exciting life, and more development in your life. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree, and I think like the happiness part is the thing that would surprise people most. Is like if you're not make if you're on autopilot, you're not that satisfied. The idea of making conscious decisions might not thrill you, but I think you'll be super surprised with the increase in satisfaction and happiness that you have yeah. when you do that. Yeah, I've got one final thing. Yeah, nice. Um, coming back to the intention part of it. And when you ask yourself why, when you're asking yourself these questions, you're essentially finding out what your intention is. Mm -hmm. um, and when you have an intention behind your decision, it's also much easier to stick with it if, there, if it reaches any resistance. Yeah, or yeah, someone, yeah. say you have a creative idea yeah. and you have that and someone's like, oh, I don't really like that, you should do this. It's very easy to get swayed unless you know exactly why you've made that decision. If you, have, mm. you know your intention behind it, it's much easier to receive criticism, critique, and be like, and weigh it up. Or is that helpful? Or actually, no, I have a purpose for this idea, so I'm going to stick with it. It helps you stay on that path, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Thank you very much. Thanks. Oh. Do you want to meet up this time next week then? Okay. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>